my theory on vision boards is that your vision board should become your game board. We ask, we ask for what we want. We get to decide. We get to order from the universe. The universe will bring us anything we want if we're willing to do our part. And at some point, we must stop asking, meaning we want to bring these visions to life. We don't want to just keep creating new boards. But once the vision becomes your reality, it's time to play your game. you got to play your life. So yes, of course, you can pivot at any time you want to swap in a career. Go ahead. But we should craft our lives and then play them through. So I like to think of the vision board as step one, phase one in gamification. It's the ask. It's the overall high level overview where you want to go. And then it's game time until we bring it to life. And when you're walking in your vision board, then it becomes your game board. And it's time to walk that dream out. Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, founder of the Vibrancy Method program, and I am honored to be your life and mindset coach today. I believe we are most vibrant when we are authentically ourselves, and quite often, it's our challenging moments in life that shape us to be that best version. I also believe that deep down, we all have an unshakable confidence within us, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of the light within and who we truly are. Truly are. So here we share empowered women's stories to highlight the importance of honoring the journey and to learn from their lessons. We've got a great episode for you today, so let's get to it. Hello, beautiful. I am... Okay, I can't even tell you how excited I am for this episode because this episode has been over two years in the making. I am bringing one of my dear soul sisters, someone who has been along with me, beside me, beside each other through our own evolution of stepping into our purpose over the past, like I think seven or eight years. I think it's eight years. It's been eight years. And it's so crazy because Miss Ashley Nielsen (laughs) and I had so many parallels in our life back when we were living our life then. And we both went through these sort of deconstruction periods within our life and really followed our own path. So I'm super excited to share Ashley with you, the founder of Soul Renovation, for her to share her journey and her, you know, basically the journey of becoming. So Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Samantha. I have been wanting to do this forever with you. I am so proud of you and I love your podcast. So thank you so much for having me on. So exciting. Like it's all in divine timing too, because I know we tried to do this like pre-COVID and then here, but it was never the perfect time. But this right now, I'm like, no, this is when we need to get the message out. Yeah. So Ashley, (laughs) okay, let's just like take them back. Can you share with us a little bit of your story? If we were to rewind, let's say eight years ago, what did Uh, your life look like then? So eight years ago, when we first met, um, I was still in real estate, selling real estate. And I, at the time, thought I had a really perfect life. I really thought that was a great life um, until I woke up to what a great life really could be. But at the time, um, you know, living what I was chasing, what they told us to chase. I was checking all the boxes that everyone said that we should be checking in life. And then I woke up and it just wasn't good enough. It was empty. And when you have everything surrounding you that you're told to always chase, and then you realize it does nothing for you, deconstruction began. Mm-hmm. And um, I was living with somebody who I really thought I was going to be living the rest of my life with. And that fell apart. And step by step, every part of my life started to crumble once I woke up to the fact that it, I wasn't living in soul alignment. So it was this dark night of the soul. You kind of get a glimpse that at the start that 
something better could exist for you. I read one book and you get that first twinkle and it was a course in miracles, of course. (laughs) And then once you have that moment, it just starts to kind of disintegrate your previous life and the work begins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. for you, did you find the signs were there? So you were living as a successful realtor in Vancouver in a long-term relationship, you know, checking all of society's boxes, very like in the materialistic world as well. Like just like mm-hmm. everything looked picture perfect from the outside, but inside, was it almost like you knew for a while or just one day you woke up and you're like, this is not my life. No, I knew for a long time, but I just didn't admit it to myself. It wasn't until I read The Course in Miracles that I realized that's what I was feeling. I had a really deep void um, and unhappiness. And I couldn't figure out why, because I, again, checked all the boxes, did my part as I thought, chased what I thought we were supposed to be chasing. And there was just this deep unhappiness that lived inside of me, like a sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, And back then, this was prior to purpose life. It was party life. And so it was Mm -hmm. always just pushing it back down, right? Like I should be happy with this. This should be enough. This is what everybody else wants. So it should make me happy. So I'll make myself love it. And when I read The Course in Miracles, I realized that feeling I was having, it really didn't have to do with anything around me. It had to do with the work inside that needed to be done. That feeling, it wasn't that I was missing some item in my life or I needed some more achievement in my job. It was, there was something missing inside of me. Mm-hmm. And once I connected those dots, it was dark, <laughs> dark night of the soul. <laughs> Enter the dark night of the soul. Do you want to actually, I would love to hear your perspective of what dark night of the soul is. This is something I've gone through as well. Anybody, like if you've gone through it, you'll know it. If not, definitely Google it. But Ashley, what was that? What did that look like and experience like for you? So really it's the burning of all belief systems. It's waking up to accepting that what you once thought to be true is no longer true. Now the dark night of the soul is so difficult because you've now realized or woken up to that there's something else, but you're letting go of your previous beliefs and you're stuck in between. It's like when you're jumping for that next rope. So you have to let go of the old, but you haven't arrived at the new yet. I liken it to, um, When I started to wake up, I feel like this new version of me started growing inside of me, but my old life hadn't disappeared yet. So it was almost like it's my new life started, my new, my purpose grew inside of me until it basically shoved out my old life. And it's an extremely painful process. You wake up in a dark night of the soul to everything not feeling right from your friends to your environment, to your job, to it can be across the board. Um, It's often a very lonely time where we must face our own beliefs and thoughts and work through it um, until we come out on that other side as the new version. But the in-between of integration is is the work. I like to think of it as like breakdown and breakthrough. You know, when you're breaking down, the difference between a breakdown and breakthrough is you just push through it. If you stop in the middle and you turn around when things get uncomfortable, that is the breakdown in life. And as society, we're so nervous and not okay with breaking down that most people reach that point and they go, oh gosh, I can't do that. Let me turn around. Mm-hmm. But it's in those moments that we have to allow ourselves to break down and we get our breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. You know, and I think there's a, a piece there with society not allowing us, like almost like that Instagram life, like everything has to be perfect. So when the breakdown comes or when you're feeling this way, oftentimes there's a lot of shame attached to it, or like you should feel this way, or, you know, like there's guilt almost attached to it mm-hmm. so to mask it. But um, yeah. dark night of the soul, just for anybody listening to, it can oftentimes look on the outside or inside, almost feel similar to depression, but it's oh, not yes. depression. No. 
It's not. It's a, it's an existential awakening. If anything, it's actually you, you know, you having this deep soul growth, this paradigm shift, but you've got to be able to, and it's the hardest part. You got to let go of what you have just to create that space to be able to be open for what's coming. Yeah. It's the letting go. So for you, when you were going through that period, what was the catalyst that allowed you to finally surrender, finally let go? What was an experience that you had where you were just like, Honestly, there was a, there was a couple moments. So I I did a a period where I got sober. That was really important. Uh Um, I'm not alcohol works for some people and for some people it doesn't. And in that time it didn't work for me and letting go of it was really powerful. That was the first massive shift. Um, that allowed everything to come up. That was what I was using to push it all back down previous to allowing it come up. It used to be, you know, you would numb it. So once I learned to feel the emotions and not numb them so that I could go through them, I would allow them to come up and then finally they would come out. And that's where the growth started. As long as I kept shoving everything back down, nothing was getting better. And it was all getting stored in my body. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but in 2014 was really the catalyst of my health as well. Mm -hmm. My thyroid failed. I gained 50 pounds in one year. This all coincided with me waking up and not wanting to let it come up. The more I shoved it down, the more the body expanded. It was almost like I was blowing up with pressure Mm -hmm. until finally I let it all out. (laughs) But it's so true how you said, and and I love the analogy of switching the party life for the purpose life, because it's like the party life. Okay. You masked it with partying and alcohol and maybe being in the scene, you know, and that was your way, but other ways people mask it could be through food or through addiction to social media or through addiction to shopping, like, or through addiction to travel, let's say like, you know, there's so many different ways to, you know, be in the party life. Um, So it's a matter of seeing like, where are you running away from? Exactly. Like, where are you going when things get tough inside? Exactly. So then, so with it, with you, you literally, your body kept the score uh, your body oh, yes. showed <laughs> your body again and not saying it a bad way. There's no judgment because in those dark times, like look how much you've learned through it. And something I've always really admired for you, Ashley, is that even though you've been dealt these cards or even though these situations, circumstances came, you always played them to the best of the ability. Like you eventually, like you've been on the ground so many times with oh, like, yeah. Where literally it was you and you pulling yourself back up, but not even up to where you were. You're like, I'm going to basically take this as a catalyst to get me to that next level. So you really went into a health journey from there. Hey, love. While I hate to interrupt this totally magical episode, I do want to talk to you about your inner mean girl. Your inner mean girl is the voice inside your head that blocks you from lining with your best feeling, most confident, magnetic, purposeful, and abundant self. Having awareness to the stories that she's telling you and holding you back is the first step if you want to change. So to find out more what limiting stories she might be telling you, feel free to take my free inner mean girl quiz that is going to be popped into the show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode. Yeah. So that kicked off my health journey. My entire journey has been quantum leaps after being thrown on the ground and kicked in the face by life. So (laughs) I never knew that this was the path I would end up on. And now looking back with like in retrospect, every one of those tower moments was setting me up for my next big quantum leap. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's where I needed to go. And honestly, the universe was just training me up. (laughs) It's always preparing you. 
Always. And explain what a tower moment is for someone listening, because they could be in one of those, you know, tower moments right now. And when you're in it, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel scary. It can feel like life's just working against you, but talk about the tower. Yeah. So it can feel like your life is quite literally ending. It can feel like nothing is working out around you. It it quite honestly feels like everything is about to crash. Like the tower is falling, but it's from nothing that the new grows. So these tower moments, these are the ones we have to work through, have to go through. It's the most important not to numb them. Uh, My health journey led to me opening my supplement company before I didn't know a single thing about herbs by getting, by becoming ill. And I like, I don't like to say sick because I wasn't sick. It it was a spiritual issue. It was not a physical issue. It only manifested as a physical issue. Once the dis-ease was stored in the body, it became disease. But through all of that, which sounds horrible, like it was horrible gaining 50 pounds in a year. When I was in real estate, people were coming into the open houses and asking where Ashley was. It was bad. And thank gosh for it all, because that began the herb journey and the self-development side of learning about health. I've never been to school for any of that. And we have a huge line of successful products that are all designed now that were originally just meant to heal me. So everything that's always happening to us is they're not setbacks. They are setups. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the bigger the tower of the moment, the more off path you are and the more of the realignment the universe has to go through. So sometimes it just needs to shift you into your direction. And if you don't listen to the science, it will come wipe something right out of your way. <laughs> Absolutely. And oftentimes it's your passion. Your, your, your purpose is in your pain. So through oh, yes. the pain, through the things that cause you the most hurt, it's like, that's actually what you're meant to do on this planet. Like go towards it, get curious, alchemize it, work through it, because yeah. there's something in that that you can contribute to the world, which you've done so beautifully time and time again. Honestly, every tower moment has been the setup for my next business. <laughs> Quite literally. You monetized it really well. And this is what I love. It really badass. Like, yeah, business too. Like, I, I just started leaning into it. I was like, hey, universe, if this is what you want, then hey, let's walk into this together. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of another tower moment, you've got a tattoo on your wrist. Um, every word. Every word. And I would love for you to share the story behind it and what it means and what you've experienced in other tower moments. It's crazy. Yeah. So every word um, really came from once I made my vision board. My first vision board was in 2014, and that has been the pillar of my entire progress, change, evolution. Um it came when I just when I learned that you have to be careful what you ask for because you quite literally get every word you ever say. And it took me a long time to realize that I was, in fact, the one manifesting my tower moments as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time, but when I hung that vision board and I asked for this grand life, everything that had to fall away in between was my request. Mm-hmm. Just simply, I didn't know when I was asking for acts that everything else was going to leave. <laughs> um, and once I figured out the power of the spoken word and, and the, it's not only it's every single word will come true in front of us. So we either create with purpose or we create by default. We are always creating. So if we're getting more of what we don't want, that's because we're creating it with our words. And then it became, okay, well, how do I train myself into this? I needed to embody that lesson. It's one thing to know something. It's a whole nother thing to do it and practice it as a lifestyle. It's really easy to get into personal growth and pick up a few habits here and there, and then leave them behind when you find a few new ones that work for you. And some of these we need to embody for the rest of our lives. So right on the wrist, it goes. And I literally can't type or speak or or even interact with anybody without seeing it now. So, and it's also all over my home. (laughs) 
So can you share a little bit because every word when you, and you, you've done so much research into this, yeah. how words carry a frequency. There's a vibrational frequency that is emitted with the words that you speak and the intention that they hold. Can you share a little bit about this? Because I feel like you've like gone <laughs> in the deep end with researching it. Yeah. So our words have more powers than we could ever possibly imagine as humans. Um, if you put your hand on your throat, just feel it as you speak, you can feel the vibration. Now we are, we have an electric magnetic field around us and we are a piece of technology ourselves with a frequency. So just like when you put two frequencies together on different stations, they can have friction or they can be harmonious. That's how we are with our words. However, um, when we speak, each word actually creates a different physical. We can't see it with our eye, with our physical eyes. But if you put your hand in front of your mouth, you'll feel the air coming out. And when we breathe, we actually and breathe and speak. Every word creates what's called a teridial field. And it has a different shape. And we aim our words at people and people aim their words at us. So what is being said to people and to us has an effect on our body and quite literally changes our frequency. Now, when we're creating by default, meaning creating more of what we don't want by complaining, worrying, um, speaking of what we don't want more of, unfortunately, we absorb a lot of that. So yes, we do aim them at other people, but most of the force is in us. So as we say these words, as we speak them, they, they resonate in our own bodies and they cause destruction in our own bodies if they're not of high value or aligned with what we want and where we're going. And just in the opposite sense, when we speak of the things we want, we are creating them into our lives, but also into our bodies. Mm -hmm. So how can you protect yourself? I feel like, especially like these days, there's, there's so much, there has been over the past two years, so much fear-based narrative, so much separation, so much low vibrational frequency out there. What are your tips to be able to like literally shield yourself from the world? (laughs) Yeah. The number one thing is to remove yourself from environments that aren't successful for you or for your best and highest good. The number one thing we can all do is manage our content intake. The things we hear, the things we listen to, every single word we hear in a song, every video we watch is all resonating into every single cell of our body. And just to put it in perspective for people, if you don't know how powerful your cells are, When you're born, you only get a single cell from your mother and a single cell from your father. And that holds all the information for your entire makeup as a human. Now you have trillions of other cells that you cycle through in your lifetime. So what are they getting programmed with? So when we watch things and we hear things, all of that is creating who we are, where we're going and what we're going to experience in life. So content management is key. Um, I'm really cautious about the lyrics I listen to in music. I find that to be one of the biggest holes that people aren't paying attention to because songs, we often start singing them out loud and we don't even, we don't even realize the words we're singing sometimes. And we are affirming what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the words of the songs, we all sing, a lot of them might come off the playlist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I work really hard on creating um, songs and playlists um, that are all designed around lyrics that are all in one subject. So for manifesting, for positivity, for winning at your game, Um, And then I just have those on repeat. Um, When it comes to dealing with other people's vibrations, it really is up to us to manage our environment. So when something isn't working for us, we must have the strength and the grace to remove ourselves, even if that means we're going to stand alone. And that's really where it becomes difficult for people. If, If we weren't standing alone in those moments, there would be no growth. And like with the dark kind of soul, we have to let go of what wasn't working to create that space for what is going to work to come into our lives. 
So we need to have a good hard look at our environments and decide, is is this what I want for my life? Do I want to be like this person? Do I want that vibe around me? Do I want to embody the way this person acts or this how this situation makes me feel? And if it doesn't, then we must clean up our environments because we're going to get our future will reflect where we are and who we're around today. Absolutely. And I think that's a really empowering thought because it's like, it's taking a hundred percent accountability for where you are right now. So it's like, you know, like a little shot of truth where you are right now in your life is a direct result of the vibrations and the frequency that you've held in the past. And it got you here. Yeah. And you have to think like, it's much, it's much easier for somebody of a lower vibration to pull down somebody of a higher vibration than it is for someone of a higher vibration to pull everyone around them up. I liken to it when, when we're cleaning up our environments, um, once you get your vibration really high, you should just hold it steady and those will come to the light. Whereas often the opposite happens is the lower vibe will pull at the higher vibe. So if we're trying to grow in life, often the situation is when we wake up, we realize we're not in the right places or around the right people. Then it, it's the grace of removing yourself. It's, it's being brave enough to walk into the dark end of the soul, be alone in order to open up those spaces for grace because we only have so many slots in life. Everybody's got a certain number of slots and everyone can manage a different number of slots, but once they're all full, they're full. So we need to empty out the spots to create space for the new to come in. Mm -hmm. So when you say slots, you're talking about people, opportunities, jobs, places, anything that's taking up your corded space. We only can all manage so much at one time and everybody's got a different bandwidth. And as long as we hold on to things that are no longer a vibrational match or things that aren't the vibration we want, we don't have room for the higher vibrations to enter. Well, and one thing too, that makes sense or feels like it makes sense is that if you're holding on to lower bandwidth or lower vibrational things, it's going to be consuming. It's more dense. It's taking more space. So if you're actually letting go of those things in more high frequency, it's lighter and you'll be able to actually do accomplish, achieve, attain more. Of course. Yeah. We're also filled all the time. So question for you. And and I love everything that you're, um, everything that you pull from, because I know that you come from so much experience and education. So Ashley is like, you're one of the people who like, when it comes to research, I just have so much, so much admiration because like follow her on Instagram, you guys soul renovation. She is like researching every word, every sentence, every, this, every, that. And when you go into research, you go so deep, but then you also have crazy life experiences to back it. One experience, if you're open to sharing and your death experience that you had. Yeah. So it it kind of started a little bit before that. And that really was what I would like to think of as my grand tower moment. That was the death of that version of Ashley. Can Um, you share the story and share? Yeah, of course. So I was living, as I said, what I thought to be my dream life, um, living with the man I thought I was going to live with for the rest of my life financially doing very well. Um, I had a lot of success younger in my younger years um, through renovating my own homes. And I, I like to consider myself as I was set. And I really thought it couldn't go wrong until one day I decided I was going to open my own real estate office. And I signed for those papers and I committed to spending $350,000. And two days later, I found out that my partner, there was no money left, basically. It was all gone. Um, and this was something that was almost unbearable. I had pledged to sign up for everything. And 
the way it unfolded was so devastating and left me no option. It was do or die. At that point, I decided I would make this happen. So I door knocked till my feet bled every single day until I came up with that money. And in 60 days, I came up with that money, which is unbelievable. I know. <laughs> and quite literally, me and my girlfriend who had door knocked, like we got we knocked thousands of doors. Like I remember my Dior flats pulling apart. Like literally the bottoms were coming off, but I had no option. It was like it was the box was closing in. And so we looked at each other and we said, oh my God, like we were so proud. We couldn't believe we pulled it off. Like it really was a miracle by God. And we thought, okay, well, let's go to let's go to Las Vegas and celebrate. And we thought we loved country music. And so we get to Las Vegas and the concert was great. It's called Route 91. And I love country. I mean, it's as good as it gets for good feelings. <laughs> and I remember the day before it all started to happen, um, we were we were standing in the crowd by the front and they got on stage, some of the performers, and they started talking about um, like Trump had just gotten in a lot of these really heavy world issues and the way they were praising the army and praising the political system. And it just made me feel really sick. And I looked at my friend, I said, this is the wrong time and place to be talking like this. And I kind of remember looking around the field thinking like this, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the night was great. The night went on. And then the next day we went back and Jason Aldean came on. He sings when, when she calls me baby, one of my favorite songs. And it just started. And so basically like we were all facing the stage and from MGM, they just started shooting and it, it happened so fast and it happened so slow. Um, it was my first time in life that I realized that time didn't exist. I was able to hyper speed up every moment. Like every minute felt like a flash second. And in the same token, I was able to hear the words people were saying to me and like expand them into like slow motion. It was almost like you could pause time or pull at it. Mm-hmm. It was a radical feeling. And when it all started, um, people just didn't, they didn't get it. It was really weird. And I got it. Like I knew in my heart and soul. So when I was watching, like when the first shot started coming, I looked up to the right and I remember thinking like, oh shit, looking back to the left. And I watched the entire crowd next to me shift their eyes up because everyone was standing in lines. And then the guy next to me starts going, oh, fireworks. And I remember going, taking a deep breath and like, I belong to a gun range. So I went into automatic mode. I took my breath. I put my cell phone in my bag. I took my bag over and I laid it on the ground. I put it down and I took another breath and I got up and I ran. And I was so lucky to make it off of that field before everybody else figured it out. Because what ended up happening was everybody who stayed ended up in a crowd and the herd started attacking the herd. So there was only one exit and it was on the other side of the field. And basically by the crowds getting there, those people didn't get off that field. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me and the worst, obviously the worst thing, but really it was the best thing. I, I almost knew the day it happened that it was the best thing. And that was really powerful. I was never really mentally hindered going forward because of it. Um, I saw a lot of people die, like quite literally. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought it would have maybe had a different effect, but it, it propelled my life in such a positive manner. Um, I've heard people say that when they get close to having a near-death experience, that they see their life flash before their eyes, or they think of their family and their friends. And I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I got a video of everything that was on my vision board that I hadn't seen happen yet. 
And I got to see all my dreams come true in like a movie that was like, it was playing before my eyes, like as I ran. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that was God knowing that that would drive me to keep running. Mm -hmm. Um, And it put a fire under me that I can't put into words because I really understand like the value of a moment now. Like I do not waste a second in life, like anywhere. I think everyone knows that now, (laughs) but Um, I feel so lucky every day to wake up, like literally, like I feel so lucky just to breathe. And I feel lucky to get a chance to see my dreams walk. And I feel lucky to have a job and I feel lucky to work. And, you know, when you almost don't get that again, you get the value of your time. And I think a lot of us, we don't understand what a precious gift it is just to get another day. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that changed my entire life, obviously, but not for the reasons people would think of like, um, or at least it wasn't in line with everything I'd ever read with those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it to be the most inspiring thing that had ever happened to me. And I was never going to waste another second again. Mm-hmm. So I came home and I went right back to work. I think I took 24 hours to say hi to my parents, hi to my sister. And then I went to work like you've never seen somebody work. Mm-hmm. And I got my plan in order and I saved my life like quite literally. I think I saved my life that night by trusting myself because nobody, none of my friends came with me. They all stayed behind, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't wait for anybody. Yeah. They all stayed. Wow. I didn't stay with any of my friends. I told them and I looked at them and I left them. And I, and you know, one of my famous post-its now is, you know, let them down or let yourself down. And that makes me think of that moment because like it's do or die when your life is on the line. And you know, society has us trained to stay in a herd. And had I stayed with all my friends, I might not be here today. Mm-hmm. So you have to know intuitively when to listen to yourself. And when that call comes, you got to listen. Like there was no chance to change my mind had I in a split second of not movement. And it could have been an entire different story. So. Wow. And absolutely. And I remember when that happened, like, just like, you know, you saw it on the news. Like I saw it on the news first and it was like crazy to see. I know. And all of a sudden I saw that you were there and it was just one of those things. Like I prayed so hard that like, I'm like, thank God you were okay. And like, you know, it's one of those things too. Like the fact that you've taken the lowest low, like it doesn't get scarier no. or harder than that. Like that is like the scariest situation in going from the highest high at this concert in the song and this to dropping down to like literally evil. Yeah. And we were like at the front where VIP is and that's where everybody passed away. Like I was just in the middle of everybody who passed away. Like when we got the maps back, like from our settlements and stuff, it was, I was very lucky, (laughs) like very lucky. And the lesson it taught you, like you said, to take something like that and versus going and having it be some traumatic and not saying that, you know, because obviously something like you don't know how it's going to be, but to take it and be like, this is going to be the most inspiring thing in my life. This is showing me the gift of life. Every single breath yeah. is a gift. Like, what can I do? That's, I mean, it's inspiring. And I was, I remember like, cause what would happen is they would shoot and then you, everyone would stand up and start running again and they would shoot again when everyone would lie down. And I remember just saying like, I just want one more minute like just one more minute. And so like those one minutes are like, we get one minute all day, every day, but we don't know how much it's worth until that minute is gone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with everything that you've created now, because game theory is another um, topic that you're really using to hack the system and you're, you're, you're doing it to help other people too. Cause you've got the vision boards, you've got your supplement company, you have your real estate thing. Like there's so much service in what you're doing 
but it's gamifying it and it's helping other people use those minutes, use those tower moments, use those things so that they can actually use their life in a purpose-driven, aligned, heart-centered way. Yeah. Like, so I was teaching vision board classes in person and I was finding like a lot of these tower moments I've had has forced me to learn these life lessons, which I'm so grateful for. And unfortunately you can tell somebody to value their time, but they don't, they don't have their intuitive reference point to get how deep that message really is. And I found that gamification was my way to bridge everything I've learned with having other people involved and engaged and wanting to do the things they want to do. Because um, when everyone was making their vision boards, they were asking for these big lives and they wanted them, quote unquote, but then they would stop doing the work, forgetting that it was them they were doing it for. They were doing it for themselves. This is what they wanted. And, you know, if we don't want to do something, we're never going to do it. We'll, We'll never see the goals. So I had to find a way to bridge, you know, the big asking with how to how to keep inspired action going forward because motivation will not pull you through Mm -hmm. and the gamification um, creates levels and winning momentum what I like to call graduation energy that as people go through the levels they gain momentum and thus the experience picks up pace of being thrilling and it takes simply setting a goal in life and just forgetting about it after a little while um, to actually wanting to play it through. Uh, my theory on vision boards is that your vision board should become your game board. We ask, we ask for what we want. We get to decide. We get to order from the universe. The universe will bring us anything we want if we're willing to do our part. And at some point, we must stop asking, meaning we want to bring these visions to life. We don't want to just keep creating new boards But once the vision becomes your reality, it's time to play your game. you got to play your life. So yes, of course, you can pivot anytime you want to swap in a career. Go ahead. But we should craft our lives and then play them through. So I like to think of the vision board as step one, phase one in gamification. It's the ask. It's the overall high-level overview where you want to go. And then it's game time until we bring it to life. And when you're walking in your vision board, then it becomes your game board. And it's time to walk that dream out. Oh, I love it. I love that you say it, like even game time, something about it just feels. And I feel like it almost <laughs> sports. I'm like, let's play, let's go. Come on, put me on the field. Right. And it also takes it all back to you versus you. It is a you versus you game. And it's not a, a, like, it's not a me against the world. It's not a me against anybody else. It's me versus me. Mm-hmm. It's only, and we're all in our own individual games playing on a bigger cohesive board, but mm-hmm. we're not, we're pitted against one another in society, um, in our upbringing. And that's not the way it is. Competitiveness is a great trait to have, but you don't need to have it towards other people. You want to be competitive with yourself. And the way you get competitive with yourself is you start challenging yourself. You start playing your game and pushing yourself to the hardest level you can until you reach your breaking point. And then now you've got your barrier. Now you've got your measuring stick. And then it's time to get back in the field and kick the ball better next time. Do it better next time against yourself. Um, So I like to think that we're getting on the field and we're kicking the ball each day. And just like when a kid goes to a soccer practice and misses, it doesn't mean anything. That kid could go on to be the next famous soccer player in the world because that kid's going to keep getting on the field and kicking that ball. So we want to set ourselves up in this mindset because it's us who's asking for these big dreams. No one's making us do it. And if we keep going one foot in front of the other, we will all get to what we want in life. It is guaranteed. 
If you have a whole heart and you are willing to do your part, nothing can get in your way of what you want. There is not a resource not available to somebody nowadays. Everything is available. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You can become an expert in that. You just have to simply keep going. And I think sometimes in life, a lot of people, we focus on the end goal and the vision board can work um, as a hindrance that way. Whereas it's a high level overview. It's where you're going to end up, but it's not the focus on the day to day because you can't, you can't go from zero to a hundred and expect yourself to be there overnight. We have all these baby steps in between hundreds and hundreds of mini steps. Really, our job is just to put one foot in front of the next each day, like a racehorse. When a racehorse, like the racehorse knows what track it's about to run on, it sees the track. Once it sees the track, it gets its blinders on. It puts its head down and it can only see its feet one step in front of the other. And that's where the level aspect really comes in because you don't have to do it all right now. You have to do one step a day. So we craft the overall larger high level overview of the board, but then it's head down and one step until you get to the end. And with the the levels, looking at it as each one step instead of, oh my gosh, I have to build this entire huge thing out. Mm -hmm. It allows the person to realize, oh, I can do that. And I could do that. And then every time you cross one little step, AKA level, you get winning momentum. When the brain does something and it completes it, it lights up with dopamine the exact same way as with Instagram or all these things that we use to numb. We can retrain ourselves to get that feeling, that feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment from ourselves. We don't need the outside world to feed us that. And with the level system, the graduation energy is that feeling that everyone's looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, That feeling I explained at the start of the podcast of feeling empty and unachieved, even though I had everything that I was quote unquote supposed to have. That's that feeling that we can get through accomplishments and accomplishments, not as in material items, but accomplishments as showing us what we're made of. I like, you know, if we all approach life to view ourselves as these masterpieces and we're the artists. If we really gave life our all, like what could we become? And when you start to see what you can become, it's mind blowing. Like we are all so capable, but we're sometimes too focused on the big picture. So the levels and the gamification helps us see our value, see how capable we are. Every day we get a little better and better. And then we get that winning energy from ourselves. And at that point, you'll never look in the outside world for it. It actually, um, it can have radical effects on a human. Like, I've changed my entire way I eat since teaching myself how capable I am. And that's why I said earlier that the weight, when I got sick, it wasn't a physical issue. It was a spiritual issue Mm -hmm. because spiritually, once I taught myself how capable I was, I didn't even need those outside things to fill myself. I was full without it. And then food simply became food for fuel. Food was never again for passion. And some people won't like to hear that because they're foodies. I get it, but you can choose that, but you'll never need it again. Yeah. So much is there, Ashley. Um, and the thing is, is that you've biohacked like so many different angles of your life. What would you say? Like so many angles, like everything. I feel like everything's color coordinated. Everything has like specific words, everything, like every detail of like even the clothes you wear. It's literally a vibration to everything. Yeah. It's it's a match to my vision board. Love it. I chose what I wanted and then I built it out. Unapologetically too. Oh yeah. You're like so unapologetic (laughs) with it. And you're like, nope, done. And it's doing it. (laughs) One thing that I think about when it comes to doing the work is that I think that in the beginning, like let's say say you're out of the game and you're like, you're at a point in life where you're like, 
you know, where we both were in ways, like if I was to rewind and we went through this at the same time, this is what I love is I've been able to witness your journey as I was going through mine, knowing I'm not fully alone because I could see some other people going through it when it wasn't like, that's so interesting. Cause I always felt like you were leading. You were always (laughs) just one step ahead in like that transition. I was like, Oh my gosh, if Sam can do it, I can do it. (laughs) We're like looking at each other. And it's so funny prior to the podcast, we were talking how Ashley is very masculine energy, very like driven like this, whereas I'm very like the feminine. So I feel like between you and I, there's something in the reflection over the years and the support that was kind of there that was almost like looking at each other being like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But that there's something that I want you to speak to about the compound. I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, compound interest. You know, you can have compound interest in the bank, but there's a compound effect when you do the work. So in the beginning, when you're out of the game, when you're kind of at that point and it's really scary to jump in or you're going through a dark night of the soul, it's like this deconstruction. But when you stay with the work and you put it in, it compounds and it accelerates and your growth just kind of like it shoots up. Um, Can you speak a little bit to the compound interest in? Yeah. So we get an ROI, a return of investment on our thoughts and our habits. Just I call it the thought economy. It's the exact same as the bank account Um, when we're building our lives, because we we forget that like everybody knows you should build your career and you should build your bank account. And that is that's what we're taught to build. But we're also building ourselves, our our body and our mind. And we are our greatest piece of equipment in this game. Like we are not our body. Our body is for our character to use, to get across the board, to make it through life. So we want to build that just like we build our bank account. With your bank account, the sooner you save money, the more money you have in the long run because it starts working for you. And that's exactly what we want to do with our mind, our habits, and our body. The better, the sooner we get our physical activities in place and our body working for us, the sooner it can work better for us. So then all of a sudden it can digest food better. It sleeps better. It has no problem getting up for work or going for that full bandwidth day. Say like, you know, when we're building our lives, those are big days. There's a lot to be done in the beginning, but it's easier to do it in the beginning. It takes less time in the beginning, less energy. It's easier on the body. It's easier on the mind. And the more we get built up, the more it starts paying us back. I liken it to riding a bike um, up a hill. You want to pedal as hard as you can uphill because as soon as you get to that peak, it's an easy ride downhill for the rest of your life. The sooner you get your body in shape, the sooner it stays in shape forever. The body wants to be healthy. We want to live these good lives, but we have to build the habits. And so the sooner we build them, the better. We don't want to drag our feet in our younger years. And it's not to say you can't change your life at any point. Of course you can. And the sooner you do it, the easier it is. The more time is going to be to your benefit. Time in the game is a very big aspect, again, that we just don't realize. It's the timer doesn't go forever. So if we think of who we want to become, we have to work it backwards. And the sooner we start getting those habits in place, the sooner it becomes that much easier. So what was once hard um, and took us hours or days to do will eventually take us moments and we won't even think before we do it. And that could be anything in somebody's life, whether it's exercise or it's something they have to perform for skilled work of the skill they're learning. I remember when I learned Final Cut Pro, it used to take me like, you know, you make YouTube videos, it would take you hours, hours, days, right? Like in tears and like everything going wrong. You're bringing me back the first 50 episodes of this podcast. And I was like, I spent like eight to 10 hours per episode geeking out. I didn't know how to edit or podcast. And honestly, how hard was it? Oh my God. How hard was it in the beginning, right? But and, I didn't know, I didn't know 
I like, I just jumped in and I didn't realize like looking back, there's no way now that I would ever have done that, but I, you had to go through the process of becoming. And now like when you go and turn your podcast on, do you even think twice? Like, or is it just like the back of your hand? It's the easiest thing you ever do because you, you pay your price up front. You got to yeah. put your time in. You got the ticket to go on the ride. So life is like a ride. If you want to go on the roller coaster and have the fun part, you got to buy the ticket to get on the ride. Mm-hmm. So that's the uphill. That's the uphill bike ride. You want to make it to the peak. And then once you pay your dues, you do your part. We all have to do our part. I'm a big advocate for doing our part and putting the work in. And you will always get rewarded for it with ease, compound interest in your time and your abilities. Love it. Love it. What's your superpower? If you were to actually say which one of your superpowers is through the process, what is it? I think I'm, I honestly, I think I'm a master visionary. Like my thoughts are so clear in my head. They're pictures. And if I can picture it, I can make it happen. I know that I have proven that a couple of times over to myself with some radical things. So I think my superpower is the vision, but I also like, I do strongly believe in faith in God and that could be whatever for anybody. You can swap your words, source, universe, God, something greater than us that has our best interest at heart. I do believe that when you get aligned with that in life, um, you are, you're supernatural, quite literally. (laughs) And you're an avid reader. Recommend three books right now. Which ones come to mind? Oh my gosh. So Think and Grow Rich is my favorite. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Awesome. Um, a Course in Miracles, of course. Mm-hmm. And I love medical medium right now, but I don't know if that's an all. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Sorry, medical medium. Relentless by Tim Grover. Oh, uh, Michael Jordan's coach. And I got to say, if you want to win, that is winning advice. <laughs> Relentless is about um, you have to let go of the good in life to go for the great. And there can only be greatness at that level. And it is a ruthless book of advice. It is the get up and do it and no excuse can get in your way. I love it. Yeah. Um, Last question I want to ask you is just on your heart, Course in Miracles. I know there's so many one-liners that just sort of really resonated deeply. What is one lesson or one um, something from the Course in Miracles that's coming through for you right now? I give all, I give everything I see in this room, all the meaning it has. We decide what we get in life. We decide how we see it. Just like Las Vegas, that could have gone one way in my mind, but it didn't. I chose to see what I wanted to see from it. Um, You get to choose what everything means in your life. So if you see it as a setback, it'll be a setback. If you see it as a setup for your next quantum leap, it's going to set you up for your next big win. So fire. Oh my God. I love you. (laughs) you. for For anybody who wants to go deeper with you or wants to find you, where's the best place to reach out? What are you up to? Please share. Uh, Instagram at soul renovation. And of course, just started a podcast, which I can't wait to have you on Samantha um, called pieces of soul. Beautiful. Well, my dear, thank you. This was all in divine timing, right when it was supposed to be. And I'm just so grateful again, just to be able to witness your journey. And like, I feel like this is capturing like a point of our journey and I cannot wait to see where we both go from here. Oh my gosh. I feel the exact same. Thank you so much. I love you. And thanks for always being such a bright light. Thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, we have many more amazing topics to come. So make sure to subscribe to never miss a beat. And since you made it this far, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto and tell me what was your biggest takeaway? I want to know if you're looking for even more support, make sure to check out samantharoberto.com for more information about my coaching packages and stay tuned because next week we have another incredible episode being dropped. 
And don't worry, if you're super eager, we have a whole bunch of binge-worthy, life-changing episodes already posted so you can keep going there. Remember, you are most beautiful when you are you. So turn up your light and shine, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.